Hello. Welcome back to another episode of American Dudeocracy. Trying to trying to introduce that, you know, sitting here smoking a stove, firing it up, Davo. This one's uh this one's pretty decent. It's uh definitely putting my sucker back to use here. It's <laughs> harder. Gotta pull on this and just a little bit harder. I can tell even in my hands, it's very well packed. Yeah. So it's gonna take me a little bit of work on this one. So enjoy. Dave will be buzzed out here in no time, <laughs> which is good because, you know, I, I think today uh, this episode, this uh, episode is going to be uh, focusing in on some of the hilarious uh, politic nonsense going on. There's no lack of that. I, Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, it's it's a political comedy show is what I see, you know, every day here lately. It's like one thing after another. You can laugh or you can cry. And sometimes, hopefully, you're laughing until you cry. Yeah. Uh, what, <laughs> what a shit show, Oh, man. my God. There's a lot of people crying right now. And I, I'm sorry to say, well, I'm not really sorry to say, but um, some of these clowns in these liberal cities are in trouble with the... Uh, with their constituents, if you would call it, because they're not happy with their performance. I think people, I think people are um, waking up pretty quickly. It's it's happening. You see some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the AOC town hall. Oh we, my we gosh! Start this with is that good. One. Let's do this. Right. So AOC having her little town hall, <laughs> and boy. The the few clips that I saw, she's just getting murdered. She has no way to even respond to this. No. And and they are absolutely right. These people that are furious with her are right. And she's su- sitting up there trying to bumble her way through excuses, oh, which buddy. there are none. No, no. They're they're hitting her up essentially because uh, you know, she's voting to fund these wars. And I guess that's that's probably a good place to start, right? Like here you have the the Democratic Party, and I'll start there, and, and believe me, the Republican Party is a shit show in and of itself. But the Democratic Party, like these AOCs and Talibs and Bernie Sanders and all these, you know, peace, love and hippie juice people sure have voted to fund a lot of money toward war. Uh, and, and a war we're not even technically fighting like we're just sending i think at the tune of i don't know like it's like it's like 60 billion a month or something That's like all. that over to ukraine what's the problem with that man yeah oh my bad yeah just print more we don't money. have any hungry people over here no just print more money <laughs> we'll just hit the print button and send it over there um but they're just getting railed man it's this party that has been all about smack talking the endless wars, right? Since George W. Bush, oh, he just—he's a warmonger. Him and Dick Cheney—they're <laughs> warmonger. They want the oil, and these are the people that are just billions and billions and billions of dollars going to Ukraine. Weird. Yeah, and begging Saudi for oil. <laughs> oh, oh my! <laughs> when we God. have plenty of it here, I mean, we could we could be out of this, and that's another subject we've touched on this million times before, but. What a shit show. I actually love that subject, Dave, because Joe Biden, right? We said this a few podcasts ago, so months ago. 
we said, remember, midterms are coming up. They're going to try to figure out a way to bring price of gasoline down a little bit. And then they're going to be like, oh, high five. Look what we did. And then after the <laughs> election years through the roof. So Joe Biden goes to OPEC. <laughs> he goes to Saudi and he says, well, you guys you need to release more oil until after the until after the, the midterms and then you can do whatever so right there he just confirmed everything we said i just want yeah. to buy a vote and then after that take it to yeah. 10 bucks a gallon don't sock care. it to us we're in power again and tough shit yeah and and people are done man well what's funny with that is they decided to cut production did you see that here was that a week ago instead of uh yeah you know, lowering the price or uh, producing more, they cut production. So what does he go and do? Yeah. Reserves. He's selling more off. Isn't this emergency reserves? And guess what? <laughs> those, those reserves are a finite product, which may only account to, let's say five, 10 cents at the pump. You're selling it off our reserves, five cent to 10 cents at the pump for a short amount of time so that you can buy a vote. Just like you said, draw down the reserves, <laughs> stymie production. Um, let's see. And I think the other play was he went to Venezuela. So he's going to talk to dictators <laughs> trying to get more oil for America. So so it's OK for dictator ran <laughs> countries to produce oil, but not America. Yeah. We got to shut that shit down. Yo, it ain't right. Oh, it's. it's yeah there's a lot of words i want to say right now but i'm gonna keep it kind of keep it kind of clean because i don't like dropping the f-bombs too much but uh wow wow is what i'll say uh the political pendulum is swinging out of control right now Oh, i love that yeah this this uh deal that i saw on aoc was actually I had to sit back and chuckle to myself because it's rightfully so. These people are pretty pissed off. And, and she's like, uh, uh, mm, 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 and I, I got to go. And yeah. I got to go pee. It's Trump's fault. <laughs> it's Trump's fault. Trump did it. Remember January 6th. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, looking on all this. So I'm going to call out another thing that we've said repeatedly. Um, so the U.S., if you haven't been paying attention, uh, the U.S. just said, U.S. says Chinese lithium ion batteries are made with child labor as trade war spills into electric vehicles. <laughs> so, oh, uh, been there, said that, done that for the last couple of years. We've been telling everybody that the DRC, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, uses child slave labor to produce these batteries for China. And then China exports them all over the world. And guess what? All these rules and all these laws coming out of places like California and soon to be Camerado, uh, which is where we live yeah, in Camerado, electric vehicles. Oh, so now that we're they have officially agreed that these things are being made by child slave labor. What's going to happen to all these uh, mandates? Are we still just going to roll with them and and put these kids to work work harder you little bastards we have electric vehicles <laughs> we don't care save the planet like that's yeah. that's the fucking message that's yeah. how crazy it is oh my god like what are we doing what are we doing so i'll read a little blurb out of here and we'll just kind of 
and then we'll let it go because we've beat this horse to death about electric vehicles and what a shit show they are. So if you're still an electric vehicle person, um, just stop listening. Go find something. Go to an AOC meeting. Maybe that's where you, maybe you'll fit in. Yeah. Hey, in your downtime, electric car owners in California, you remember in the peak uh, power usage from three to six, when you're downtime, you can go ahead and listen to our podcast maybe while your car is uh, not able to charge because the state is demanding you have a electric car by what is it? 2024, 25. I think but 20, you can't use it yes. during peak periods. You can't be charging it when you need to. Yeah. They, they came out with that new legislation. They signed into law. No new vehicles can be gas powered. They all have to be electric vehicles by 2035, I believe. And then it was three days later, they're begging yeah. people three days, 72 freaking hours later. They're like, don't charge your batteries. We don't have enough power. Sorry. Not during peak time. <laughs> but, uh, go, go, go get your windmill out and try to charge it that way. <laughs> you know, and I thought about that, Dave. So after we had that last podcast, we were talking about it. I have a solution. Okay. Let me, let me run this by you. So if, if, if that's your position, and if you own an electric vehicle and you're down on fossil fuels, right, even though all the it, it takes a hundred plus barrels of oil, a hundred plus barrels of oil to produce one electric vehicle battery that gives the equivalent of one barrel of oil of energy. So you're already a dumbass. <laughs> so if that's your stance and you're an electric vehicle, fossil fuels are bad. Okay, if that's your deal. What I'm going to say is put on your cape and I propose the only way you should be allowed to charge said vehicle is with a solar panel or a windmill. Okay. And then the rest of us can go on living our lives and driving and buying groceries. And your happy ass is going to sit at home 29 days out of the month until you can charge that son of a bitch up to drive to the grocery mm. store and back one time. You do you, boo. Yeah. Put your <laughs> money where your mouth is. <laughs> Let's see. Live it. Own it. Breathe it. Boy, I keep seeing, uh, and I, I know this is a uh, ish part of what we're thinking about talking about today, but I keep seeing all these electric vehicles being charged by generators. Diesel powered generators. Yes. Yes. Generators. That's a real thing. Oh, my gosh. It's a real thing. You know what? I, I'm going to start a business running down the interstate with a uh, with a generator. Yeah. I think that's going to be a business. And, buddy, I'm going to make money. Oh, man. And oh, I'm going to charge man. is what I'm getting at. Oh, charge, well, charge. That's right. <laughs> at $9 a gallon, you better be charging. Holy mm -hmm. hell, man. What a What a crazy concept. So. So that's all coming out of the woodwork. The, the The truth is funny like that. You know, the truth finds the light of day. It doesn't matter what political alignment you have. If you believe in unicorn farts and fairy dust, <laughs> the truth comes out. Mm -hmm. So these EVs, right? All this cobalt and all these batteries coming out of China. Okay. Um, the Labor Department here in America said... China imports almost 90% of its cobalt from the Democratic Republic of Congo. 
where a significant amount of the mineral is produced through informal mines that employ children. I don't know why we have to continue talking about that. That right there should be enough to say, fuck that idea. Yeah. It should be that simple. Guess who the biggest abuser of uh, pollution is? It's China. Yeah, China, and then I believe India. We're one of, yeah, yeah, we're one of the cleaner countries in the world, and yet we're completely shutting all that off for these assholes. Crazy. I say they take care of them. We we do our thing. It's it's amazing to me that these the current administration has been subsidizing these things to China to produce these. And then in the background, all these same politicians have been mandating and putting out these new rules, mandating electric vehicles only to guarantee that more child slave labor is happening. Mm -hmm. And yet, yet we want to bitch about what Uh, fossil fuel use and CO2 emissions. Uh, I pop quiz out of all, out of all, all the available energy sources out there today, there has been one, one energy source that has been responsible for the most reductions in CO2 and methane emissions ever in the history of humankind. Out of all of them, out of solar, out of wind, out of nuclear, out of all of them. And that one is natural gas. Mm-hmm. Natural gas being utilized has reduced the most emissions out of all of them. Well, with that being said, Matt, why isn't, wouldn't you think the prudent thing would be to do would be to, if you were totally anti-oil, why don't you flip these trucks and cars to natural gas? You see what I'm saying? And that's been tried. I mean, I work for a company that all of our company vehicles were natural gas. They didn't run as strong, but they ran and they, they run better than electric. <laughs> they get they you more miles than that electric vehicle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you weren't, produce, you know, uh, dealing with child labor and a, a finite product. Right. It's actually, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come to the B that when the demand is so high, there's going to be only a certain amount left. Now what? Well, and that's that's been kind of my my message it's been one of one of the messages i've been trying to Mm -hmm. like enlighten people on like look if if fossil fuels and we all agree they are finite right like they there's only so many uh now that that number is much more than they want you to believe uh like right here in the peons basin there's one formation that holds 100 to 200 years of natural gas that could for for 100 to 200 years worth of natural gas okay um, and that's including increased use and population growth and blah, blah, blah. But that being said, like, if we are agreeing these are a finite source, why are we wasting them to produce these other technologies that aren't delivering what they're supposed to deliver? And and this isn't new like these technologies, solar, wind, all these things, like the best solar panels on the market today are still only like a 35%, 34, 35% efficient uh, panel. 
So they're still only 30 to 35%, the best ones today. And they've been subsidizing the holy hell out of these for what, 20, 30 years now, and they're still not what they should be. So at what point do we as a species say, stop wasting the ones that work to make garbage. Mm -hmm. And they're robbing our natural resources as well. Yeah, And they're going to put future generations in a bind mm -hmm. faster because we're pushing this technology. That's just Mm -hmm. not ready, man. Our future generations, if we have any, (laughs) will be mocking us. I'm telling you COVID uh, electric cars, solar panels, windmills. None of this makes sense. Well, but it's, if it, we make it past the nukes, yeah, <laughs> which <laughs> how's this for a segue? Terrible. I'm terrible at segues. Yeah. We're going to look back at the AOCs and uh, holy cow, we should be ashamed. It's it's pretty we wild. really should be. It's pretty wild that these folks that have really no. No amount of. Understanding of how these things really work and what the offsets truly are to the bullshit that they're pushing. These people have a loud voice and these people have the ability to influence uh, laws and rules and regulations to the point where we're creating these these absolutely tragic instances of child labor and others. Because why? Because we don't have to look at it. So the question I've been asked by people in my personal life is, well, how do you know those minerals are coming from China over here to produce these batteries? 90%. Okay. 90%. So this, this, uh, these stats that are here. And if you go to, um, let's see, this is, uh, right from financialpost.com. Okay. This is where this, uh, article come out about, uh, the, the U S labor saying child labor child labor's happening what, uh, so so we're not doing anything about it yet by the way we're just we're just saying it's happening but, but we've known about it for years oh forever man since the day they started uh, it's garbage total garbage uh but the segue that i wanted to run in like the nuke talk right i don't know if you've noticed dave but there are like commercials on tv now and there's articles all over the internet that are like, what to do in the event of a nuclear blast? <laughs> this is back to the 60s and 70s right. when you're hiding on your uh, school desk. So again, like in the same discussion of electric vehicles to save the planet in 10,000 years when the ocean might rise three or four inches, um, what to do in the event of a nuclear blast? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if nuclear war breaks out, None of the rest of that shit's going to matter <laughs> at all. Mm-mm. Like mm, weird, Mm-mm. but I wanted to, I wanted to read through some of the um, recommendations on what to do for a nuclear blast. And let's, and let's just critically think through some of those, Dave. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me pull this up. If a nuclear bomb is dropped, this is from business insider. If a nuclear bomb is dropped in your city, here's what you should and shouldn't do to increase your chance of staying alive. Chance. Right? So it goes through this whole caveat about, oh, there's the the high likelihood of nuclear war, blah, blah, blah. It's increasing, but it's always been there. And so in their own article, they're like, well, it's there, but it's not. And it's always been there, but it's not. But hey, let's focus on it now. Click, click here. Get us a like. (laughs) Um, So number one. There are 13 tips, by the way. And let me 
cruise down here and find number one. And you have to go a little ways to find number one because they have to go through all the all the blah, blah, blahs. Um, and here's, here's one of my favorites, okay? Uh, this is in the do. Do take a shower as soon as possible if you're outside and exposed to the radiation of a nuclear blast. So make sure you go in. Now, now one, is the water still going to be running? That was my question, blast? too. It's like, like, where's the water come from? You just turn the tap on. And there's nothing happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, that's it's because. It's all red. Yeah. Red water. So this is just assuming that the people that are running the water plant are still just going to go clock in. And again, <laughs> zombie apocalypse movie and the water and the power still on. So those people are still checking in, clocking in, going to work, commuting there, taking care of their business. You're probably going to have to get it from your toilet tank. Yeah, yeah right. So, go, keep going. So so do take a shower as soon as possible. People who were outside during an explosion should shower as soon as possible, <laughs> making sure the water is warm and the soap is applied gently. <laughs> Scrubbing Are too. Are you kidding me? Dude, dude, Are you li- serious? Listen to this shit. Oh my god! Scrubbing too hard could break your skin, which acts as a natural protective barrier. You should also cover any cuts or abrasions while you're rinsing off. For those without access to a shower, FEMA recommends using a sink or faucet. If you don't have access to a shower or water, why would your faucet work? Mm-hmm. Um, the next best option is to clean your body with a wipe or a wet cloth. So you don't have water, but you can wet a cloth uh, or baby wipes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's all readily handleable, uh, readily yeah, yeah. handy during a nuclear attack yeah, or explosion. Well, maybe you could use the toilet paper that you hoarded. I don't know. Good plan. Uh, so blowing your nose and wiping your ears and eyelids are also important since debris could get stuck in those orifices. <laughs> okay. So, so hygiene, take a shower, uh, hide your cuts, blow your nose. Don't scrub too hard. I guess, you know, you might die of COVID cause you're not scrubbing for 20 seconds. What a shit. And don't joke. forget to get your vaccination. Oh yeah. That'll help. <laughs> yeah. Get your vaccination. Well, well, that was the uh, hurricane. Biden, hurricane. Yeah, that was, go ahead. That was Keep going. how to survive a hurricane. <laughs> Get uh, a vaccination. Make sure you're vaccinated for COVID, uh, you know, as you're drowning. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Well, Appreciate that, Brandon. Yeah, some ice cream, Brandon. <laughs> uh, so don't. Don't use conditioner after you shampoo. What? Yeah. Rinsing your hair with shampoo is critical after being exposed to radiation. But conditioner is a major no-no. According to the CDC. So the CDC actually came out and said, this is a no-no. So listen up, kids. Major no-no. Thank God. Uh, That's because conditioners carry compounds called cationic surfactants, which bind to radioactive particles and can trap them in your hair. So this is the shit you're putting on every day anyway. (laughs) Most of you. He's looking at me because I'm. Shave bald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave was smart. Uh, they essentially act like glue between your hair and radioactive materials. So if you're if you're adding conditioner to your hair, if you go across radiation, you're just gluing it to your head. By the way, uh, FYI, Matt, I, I'm still kind of I'm a little disoriented here because I keep thinking my house is gone. Where's my shower? Where's my faucet? Where's my air, my conditioner? So keep going, dude. And that's that's part of this whole discussion, right? Because 
this this is an actual and this isn't the first one nor is it the only one that's come out recently about what to do in a nuclear blast and and i'm going to i'm going to let some of you in on a little secret so nuclear weapons are the strongest weapons ever created they are not uh your typical bullets or bombs or missiles um when did Chernobyl melt down? Uh, how long ago was that? Um, was de- like the eighties, decades, yeah, decades 80s, ago. So back in the nineteen hundreds, uh, which was before two thousand, so at least mm. twenty two years ago, Chernobyl melted down. Right, people that visit Chernobyl today have to carry a Geiger counter to make sure they're not coming across into too much radiation there are trees that are growing apples and fruit you are still absolutely not allowed to eat any of these things there are animals there you can't hunt them you can't eat the fish all of these things have been so exposed to radiation they'll kill you if you eat them yeah because they got legs and they can chase you 20 30 years later so you know nuclear bombs are a little bit bigger deal than you need to take a shower. Okay. And, (laughs) and don't use lotion. Okay. Make sure your water's warm. If, if a nuclear blast happens and you have, you live in a place where you still have a home and you have a shower with warm water, chances are the nuclear blast was not by you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're lucky. If a nuclear blast happens where where you see it and it's by you, um, you might just be a shadow. So I don't know, man. I guess I, I want to highlight some of these just for the simple reason of these are the governmental entities that are in charge of things. <laughs> and this is their advice. So much like COVID and the COVID advice that you, we all were basically f- trying to force us to listen to. These are the same fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> and I, and I'm not going to listen to them again because I believe uh, I can take care of myself better than they can. Uh, so, so that that's one. Uh, let me find the others. Um, so if you're in a building, sorry, let me, let me back up. So let me find another do. Um, do find a brick or concrete building such as a school or office. Okay. FEMA identifies brick or concrete buildings as the safest form of shelter after a nuclear attack. Ideally, the best shelter would have few to no windows and a basement for camping out. Uh, schools or offices usually meet these criteria. Mobile homes, however, are considered too fragile. If there aren't any sturdy buildings within 15 minutes, so apparently you have 15 minutes um, of where you're standing, it's better to find any form of shelter than stay outside. If you discover that there's a safer building close by, wait at least an hour before attempting to move. By that time, the potential for radiation exposure would have likely decreased by around 55%. So again, Chernobyl was 30, 40 years ago. And this is saying within an hour, 55% decrease in radio or in radiation exposure. Okay. If you take cover in a tall building, choose a central location, steer clear of the top and the bottom floors. Uh, 
if your structure has windows, FEMA advises standing far away from them in the center of the room. That's because shock waves can shatter windows up to 10 miles away <laughs> and from the explosion resulting in dangerous flying glass. <laughs> Do shut off heaters and air conditioners <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> and then do take a shower uh let me find the don't don't use conditioner um do seal away contaminated clothes don't search for your family members right away <laughs> well that's probably not gonna happen don't eat unpackaged food or food that was left outside was ask about that right so, so your cat's off limit, your neighbor's dog. Probably. Yeah, don't eat those. Yeah. They're going to be exposed. Do listen to the radio for instructions. <laughs> like, like, dude, I, I think I'll just, I'll, I'll stop there because the other recommendations just get a little less useful and, and a little more out that of touch. So brilliant. This is amazing. I'm going to tell you something while you were talking on this. How many uh, out there have actually watched the movie Galaxy Quest? <laughs> <laughs> okay, have you Matt? Have you watched that movie? I challenge you. That is the one of the funniest movies that I've ever watched, and it's clean. So in Galaxy Quest, That's Tim Allen, right? Tim Allen. Oh, I've seen it. I've they're seen all it. beamed down to this planet to get this uh, this rock that is basically there. Uh, it's like a uh, it's kind of like a nuclear rock, if you will. It powers their their uh, ship. And so they're, they send this little shuttle down with most of the members and it is hilarious on how all this happens. So the mo what happens in the movie is all there's these little creatures, right? And uh, so one of the guys goes, Hey, I don't like those things. Those things are going to eat us. I just know it is. And, and they're like, Oh no, they're taking care of each other. Oh, look, they're helping this little infant guy and they start munching on him. So we're all freaked out. And next thing you know, here comes something bigger. They scatter and it's this rock. They call it rock. And they all start chanting rock, rock, rock. So rock is attacking Tim Allen. And so you have it, it, this reminds me of the Starship Enterprise. If you, you guys are Captain Kirk fans out there at Star Trek, where they're trying to say, you know, um, you get guys up in the ship, they're going why don't you construct a rudimentary firearm based off of, hold on here. Let me see. And they're going through the deal. This guy's getting attacked by this huge rock trying to pound him and he's running for his life. And they're trying to tell him how to survive based off of, you know, these ideas and everybody's grabbing the mic, giving Tim Allen their, their viewpoint on how to survive. This is ridiculous. So you're not even, you're, you're in a nuclear attack. And uh, you're supposed to construct, maybe if you're not by a cinder block building, this is something I remember from a grade school is, you know, stay away from the windows, get under your desk, get by the walls, which are cinder block and mortar and brick and all that kind of stuff. So how are you going to do that? I mean, when all everything else is gone, your, your house is getting blown away. It's, it's all radiated anyway. So is your food. So is your neighbor. Um, it's ridiculous. It's <laughs> this is your government throwing this thing, telling you how to survive when you're basically going to die. <laughs> well, you, right. You're not going to like that's the spoiler alert. Um, if if one. I'm going to venture to say if one nuclear weapon decides to be launched. 
that's the kicker. Mm-hmm. Like we probably all have a very limited amount of time left. Um, enjoy your time. Uh, but I kind of view all this nuclear talk and all this uh, nuclear, I guess, focus as just a way to distract. It, it's the next bigger problem, right? So right now, currently in America, the current administration is a complete shit show. Uh, inflation is is at the highest place it's been in 40 to 50 years. Uh, the feds are hiking the interest rate. We are in a recession, uh, headed probably toward a depression, uh, possibly. I mean, that's that's as likely as anything right now. Uh, gas prices are high. The government is is basically sending all this money overseas. We're not taking care of our own. So I read all that. The, the sorry, let me let me continue on with the the, the bullshit. Um, you know the the truth is starting to really show itself on a lot of the COVID vaccine uh, stuff on what it is, what it isn't, what it wasn't tested for versus what it was. Um, deaths based on that and all the injuries based on that, along with you know kind of what none of it made sense. Uh, all the businesses that were shut down, closed down, people that lost their livelihoods on down the line. All of these facts are coming out about basically how these in, these NGOs, non-governmental organizations that advised the government organizations, <clears throat> and they listened mm-hmm. on how all of this was very wrong and all that's coming out, and now it's like, whoa, nuclear blast, nuclear, nuclear war. So it's just a way to keep us from understanding what a shit show it's been and what a shit show is currently continuing. And now it's like more fear, right? More fear. Here's what could be coming. So if you're if you're worried about a nuclear bomb going off, you're not worried about $5 gas. You're not worried about seven or eight dollar milk. You're not worried about those things because your life could end today. And I, I think that's the purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, is it a real threat? Yeah, it's been a real threat since the inception of nuclear bombs, uh, you know, atomic energy and all that. That that ship sailed. It they're there. Uh, by the thousands, I think Russia has like 6,000 nuclear warheads. America has like 5,000 uh, plus. And then, you know, the, the power of these things, uh, if you, if you do a little bit of reading, you know, the, the bombs that were dropped in world war two, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, um, the current nuclear warheads are like a thousand times more powerful than those. So they're terrifying. Like, there's no other way to say it. They are planet-ending terrifying. Um, but that being said, if if that's the focus, then all this other stuff just becomes little stuff, right? And, and that's kind of where we get into this repetitive cycle of fear. And, and we skip over any accountability for what has transpired. And that's something we can't do. Uh, because of a nuclear war starts again, none of this really matters. So we don't, 
need to worry about that. That's just going to be out of all of our hands. But what we can do is we can focus on how did we get here? Mm-hmm. Are we going to continue down the same path that we're on, which ends in that nuclear Holocaust or, or should we start fixing things? Like we have to believe that we can fix things. Hope, hope is an essential part of humanity. And if we don't start holding things accountable and start identifying who they are, they as in Klaus Schwab, world economic forum, Bill Gates, um, all these folks that have joined hands and they know better than everybody and they're mm-hmm. trying to form society exactly how they want. And and this is what's leading us to mm-hmm. nuclear war. We need to stop that. Yeah. We need to stand up. You know, that's kind of where we started the, the program off today with people actually standing up and saying, AOC, you're full of shit and you lied to us and you are wrong. They're doing the same thing in uh, with Lightfoot too. Oh yeah. Uh, notice yep. there is. I, I didn't read the full article on all that. Uh, you might want to check that out while while I'm rambling here. But um, also, it, it showed in the polls here on my last check, forty forty six percent are waking up to the uh, says say Biden has done a poor job handling the energy policy. Well, kind of all starts there, but. That's the Rasmussen poll, but uh, it's it really is. It's time to wake up and stand up and say no more. And and even some of the staunch leftists are saying, you know what? Hey, <laughs> this isn't really looking that good. You know, my house house uh, is not worth as much money. Uh, interest rates are rising, which is you know definitely a slowing uh, of the economy. Food prices, fuel—it's you can't save anymore. Right now, you're just living to eat, you know. Really are. So, um, hopefully, people are starting to wake up on some of this. And and here's <laughs> here here's the latest message that I heard about with the election coming. Right. So, it's been about a year now with all the policy changes that have been undertaken actually two years since the day one, when Biden took office and he started just based, not basically he started shutting down fossil fuel development, plain and simple. He did. He did. Uh, look it up. Um, so he started that, he kicked that ball, got it rolling. And then the last year in particular, uh, with all the printed money and all the money going out Trillions. everywhere, trillions and trillions our our debt now is like 33 trillion versus a gdp of like 23 trillion so we're we're uh, we're negative we're broke (laughs) um and then the inflation discussion so remember when all the inflation discussion started and a lot of us are like man stop this is going to create this inflation it's going to run rampant it's going to be terrible everything the cost is going to go through the roof and that all goes back to the minimum wage increase and then all the printed money and all the covid bailouts and all this bullshit and a lot of us were like this is inflation 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 and and joe biden stood in front of everybody and said no one's talking about inflation inflation's not going to happen and then it happened then it, then it went to well, all the experts are saying it's just going to be this quick bubble and it's going to pop and come down. And and if you're listening, 
now the message is if you vote for Republicans, inflation's going to get worse. So something that didn't exist and then was only a temporary thing. And now all of a sudden it's, oh, now, now the blame's going to be on if you vote Republican, inflation's going to get worse. So if you just listen to these fucking idiots long <laughs> enough, they all really tell the truth, but you just have to listen through the politic bullshit. So he's, he's admitting that inflation's a problem and it's going to be here for a while. And now he knows that they're going to lose the election, the blue side and the red side is going to take over some of it. And inflation is here. It's going to be here to stay for a while. You can't print that kind of money and not have those things happen. It just doesn't work that way. You know, what's strange is I still don't think people are remembering that Biden said, basically, it's going to stay. It's here to stay. Suck it up. He basically told America, you're going to pay more and it's, you know, we're all going to be in this together. It didn't have to be that way, though. That's the whole that's the whole problem that I have with this is that he knows it his or whoever is behind him knows it. This I mean, he's he doesn't have a brain in the, left in, in, in the planet here. So he he's announcing basically to America. We know it's here. Suck it up. Energy is going to be high. You're going to be paying more at your uh, your grocery store and you're going to be living basically to eat. It's too bad. This is the way it's going to be. Yeah. And I don't understand why that is. I, I do know ultimately why it is, but he's crippling. This system is crippling our country not and is breaking it. Not just the country, too. Like when you... And that's something I've, I've had to zoom out a little bit. So when you zoom out and you look at the world right now and you look across multiple economies, China's struggling. Mm. Of course, Russia is struggling. And, and you look at some of the inflation. Germany. Yeah. You look at some of the inflation numbers across the world. And once the, because the American dollar has always, has been used since the end of world war two. Uh, as the currency of the world, right? The, the barrel of oil is traded in American dollars. That's the valuation. So once the American dollar inflates, all the other economies inflate more. So, so have you heard about all the resignations going on across the world? Like the first, I need to look this up so I don't uh, misspeak, but I want to say the first female prime minister that was elected and I'll pull it up. Um, she holds two records. She was the first female prime minister elected and she was the fastest one ever to resign as a prime minister. I did not see this. Um, let me pull it up and look. So I don't Britain? speak completely out of my ass um believe it's england oh okay yes prime minister of the united kingdom right so she let me pull it up here liz truss has been the prime minister since september 6 2022 after replacing boris johnson and she just resigned. And then you look across uh, several other places and 
there have been several prime ministers and other leaders stepping down and, and it, it, you have to wonder why. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because once you get into that position and you look at the shit show, you're like, what am I going to do? There's nothing that can be done. We're, we are in the red. So that's troublesome. That's very troublesome. And I, I think that's where, you know, we as people across the world share the same sentiment. Like, what are we doing? And it, it comes back to me. It's this idea that the governments need to have answers. So rather than us fixing things in our own community, we vote someone in who's going to fix it with this systematic approach. And the government gets more control and the government sucks at all that, right? They, they waste the most money, blah, blah, blah. So here we are, like we are, we've, we've handed over the keys to so many things, to these entities and these entities are terrible at it. And now we're reaping the rewards of that. That's exactly right. You know, what's funny is that brings kind of back to the Jewish nation. Um, I know this is kind of a parallel, but you know, for years, God was leading the people, God himself, but they kept looking at other nations and tribes and um we want a king yeah we want a king we want a king we want to be like them so what what did god do he said okay you asked for it you're gonna reap the reap what you get and so what what happened they got saul they got david they got all kinds of different kings and and uh there were some good kings in there they're all human uh, but a lot of what happened was a lot of wicked kings came in, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to fix things, of course, without God, and we're relying on evil people and to, to run our nations and so forth, and that's not going to work either. You know what I mean? We can vote for the best person we think is is going to be there, but you know, if if we're a godless nation or a godless society or world— that's what we're going to get. Oh yeah. Well, and it's, you know, you, you dig into the nuts and bolts of the process. And I, and I'm going to speak about here in America, uh, because the process to become a politician here in America used to be, it was considered like a civic duty. You had a job and then you would go serve a term and then you would go back to your job. So you, you had an understanding of what it took to, uh, be a productive member of society. And then you got to go kind of lead the charge and apply your knowledge to the country. And then you had to go back and continue being a productive member of society. You mean you were in a career? Yeah. So, so you couldn't like go and, and make all these really stupid policies and become a millionaire and then go work a business that you just destroyed because <laughs> it, oh it wouldn't be there and and now the process is you you have to know the right people you have to know the right handshakes you have to know the right technological terms and and you have to kiss up to the to the ring basically whichever color ring it's all Mm -hmm. the same ring at the end of the day you have to kiss the ring 
to become part of this society. So that way, you know, your, your history gets buried if you're kissing the ring and then they put you up there, you get the money, you get the funding, you get the TV commercials, you get the ads and by God, people vote and they vote for you. And if not, the machines do anyway. And we've taken away that very key element. Um, and I'll relate it to anything. So if, if you started a business and your business was selling shoes, um, and you started that as, as a single person and then you built that into Nike. Let's say you, you're the founder and you built that into this giant corporation of Nike. Would you then take me who's never built a shoe, who's never sold a shoe, who's never wore a Nike shoe and put me in charge of the company? Just because I know the founder, me and him are homies. We're buddies. We kiss up. <laughs> we go to the right meetings. We drink the right champagne, the right whiskey. Um, but you put me in charge. How likely is it that that company is going to succeed? Uh, very low. Very low. Spoiler alert. And that's what we're dealing with our politicians. We now put you in a political position. You start at political position A. And you play the game. Doesn't matter if you're good or bad or whatever. As long as you keep kissing the ring, you move to the next rung. 52 years later, <laughs> you become the president. Mm -hmm. You are now totally connected with all the turds across the world. And you're yeah. being told what to do in every way, shape and form. So, so you've lost, you, you have no idea what it takes to be a productive member of society because you just kissed the ring all the way up. And now it doesn't matter what you say, what you don't say, what you do, what you don't do. As long as you're doing the beck and calling of the puppet master, you continue. Yeah. What's cool about that is you can bring your family members in <clears throat> whether they're smart or they're, you know, on crack and, you know, banging prostitutes and so forth, plug them into the system to make you rich Well, or richer. Yeah. None of that matters. That's no. why mm. that, that structure, that process that is in play now, that, that answers why there's a two tier justice system. Mm -hmm. That answers why the hypocrisy doesn't matter. That answers why the policies don't have to be good. Mm. That answers all of that because it's just this, you call it the deep state. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but that, that exists. And I, and I venture to say that exists in a lot of countries. And I think that's where we, as the people, just like the people that are listening to this in other countries, understand exactly what we're talking about here in America because they see the same thing in their country. And that's where we as people have to continue to stick handle this turd and say, no, we're not. No, we're not. When this advice comes out about COVID or this advice or mandates or any of this bullshit comes out, we as the people have to understand that these ring kissing sons of bitches <laughs> don't have our they don't care about us they don't they're not looking out for us they don't even represent us 
So, so why are we listening? And if, if we just decide not to, there's not a fucking thing they can do about it. Mm-mm. They, there's 7 billion people on this planet. And I'm going to say maybe a thousand of them are on this ring kissing group, 7 billion to 1,000. 1, and, and once we understand that, like once we stop arguing over the things that really not that they don't matter because as a society, we want things to be better. Uh, I believe in equal rights, period, period. I don't, it shouldn't matter where, what soil you were born on. You should have rights as a person, as a human being and freedom. Yeah. Right. Rights. And with rights comes freedom. Mm-hmm. And as long as they keep people distracted, fighting over race, religion, social status, political fucking party. We don't understand this unifying concept that it's really us against them. Mm -hmm. And us is a very large team. Matt, we talk about this so much about standing up, but what, what would happen (coughs) if that did happen across the world? You know, where these clowns are, are basically, Pilfering their country for, I mean, untold riches for them and their family and the upper class, the upper tier, which they claim to be against. Oh, this, these millionaires got to be taxed higher and higher and higher. And we really are for you common peasants, you know, your commoners, if you will. Uh, We are in your court, even though we're lining our pockets. Yeah. Stand up to the millionaires and and support us no you know it's and and that's the purpose of these discussions right is is if there's someone out there listening that that is like man something doesn't seem right or why you know i i want to believe in this but what is actually happening is not what i've been told or promised like that's where the bonds get broken away from the ring kissing system and you start looking at your neighbors more like your neighbors. We, we, we have to peel more people away from the brainwashed ring kissing message and let people know that we are more alike than anyone wants us to believe. Right. We just want to be left alone. You do you, I'll do me. There are certain lines that we agree to not cross with each other. And really, that's pretty basic. Like, that's the basic thing. Like, if you want to believe in your religion, I can believe in mine and we can coexist. The minute the government spins me against you because we believe in a different religion, we've lost. And that's that's where we are. And now with the connectivity around the world and the TV on and the media that is working for the puppet masters, regardless of where you live, their message is hate and discontent. They want, they want people to believe that people just want to kill each other and they don't, they just, man, they, these racist race, you know, I, I I listened to something the other day and it really hit home. So if you had a room full of billionaires, how many racists are in there? Is race even a discussion amongst billionaires? It's not. It's only to keep people that aren't in that room 
fighting. So those people in that room stay in that room. That's right. And it's, it's crazy to me. That's true. And, and they've done really good. Mm -hmm. They've done a really good job at sucking people into that machine, making them believe they are a victim because they more than likely are a victim of whatever it is. But the problem is they're, they're putting us against each other rather than identifying who the, who the real whip cracking sons of bitches are. We are all mm-hmm. a victim of that system. Right. That is so true. You know, and kind of, it keeps going back that some people are waking up to this, not all of them, but some and start, they're starting to challenge the leaders like the AOCs, the Lightfoots, uh, the Biden administration, some of these corrupt governors and so forth and saying, you know what? That's bullshit. You, you're a, you're a liar. You're a deceiver. You're lining your own pockets. You're all you're doing is hanging with the group so you can stay in power. Right. And, and I'll go now, now let me go to the other side, the red side, because I believe with this election coming up, I think the red team is going to take a little more power back. And what I'm going to say is if you're a red team player right now in a year or less, I want you to take a good hard look at what actually has fucking changed with the red team getting what they want. Because I think what you're going to find, if you if you view the red and the blue through the same lens of scrutiny, if your standard is we want people to do the bid of the people, people. then look at both sides through that lens. And I think what you're I, I know what you will find if you can detach your emotional bullshit and you look at both sides through that lens is you're going to find they're saying the same fucking things. The red team will get in there and the old oh, Pelosi's out and whoever the net McCarthy, whoever it is, is going to step into that role. And by God, we're going to. And then a year later, it'll be on to the next thing. Well, we're focused on this now because this is a priority and the that kind of has to wait. And it just perpetuates the next cycle. And then the red leader gets in the main office and then the blue attacks and the blue says, if we get back in power, we're going to. And the blue gets back in power. It's all the same. Rinse, yeah. rinse, cycle, repeat. Are they actually, look at a year, just like you said, are they doing what they said they would do? Very few of them are. I, I know there's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to name them, but I just, holy cow. If they're not, they need to be out. And and that's that's the message. Like this election, if you get an opportunity to speak to one of the candidates because they actually show up, ask them what they're going to do about these things. Because I'll use one of our local representatives, um, Lauren Boebert. She's Congresswoman here uh, in Congressional District 3 in Colorado. Um, what I will say, let me start by saying a couple good things about her, uh, is she has voted no for the money to Ukraine, which is, I think is good. Cause I don't know why we're doing that. I don't know what, I don't know enough about it. And there's never been any kind of discussion to educate us on why. So she's voted. No, she stood her ground on a lot of the stances that she said she would. 
right? Mm-hmm. So that's a positive. That's a good thing in her in her pocket from me. What is bad is I believe she has isolated herself so much that she's not ever going to get anything done. She's lost the ability to even work with people in her own party, let alone people in the other party, which we should all be Americans. Um, I'm not saying she should kiss the ring, but what I'm saying is she is an Island now. And I believe she's more focused on being a celebrity than actually doing a job because now she she'll vote no on money to Ukraine. And then she runs out campaigning saying, Oh, look what I did. Give me some money for not doing anything. Well, what are you doing? Like, why not as my representative, here's what I would expect. Here's what I expect as my representative. If she sees a reason to vote no on the money to Ukraine, she should then put together a stance and actually go to the other Congress people and say, this is why we should vote. No, she should educate, spread the word and build a team to where that bill got voted. No, not her one vote. She should have built a team of people and said, look, this is why this is failing. But because she's isolated herself and she cares more about getting a click and getting money and wearing a fucking dress to some Mar-a-Lago event and being the AOC of the red, they're the same people. And that's sad to me, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's where we're at. We have this situation (laughs) where these are the leaders. You've got people that get things done and you got people that just don't. And our entire government is now situated in such a manner that when they don't get anything done, the taxpayers, the people that they take our fucking money from (laughs) to pay themselves, people are like celebrating that. Oh, look, look, they didn't get anything done. That's a win. (laughs) Holy shit, man. That could be good. That could be bad. Oh, it's bad every time. Yeah. So. But but that's, you know, again, I'm going to use that that local representative as the issue because that's excuse me that's that's where we're at now why if she again if she voted no on that why didn't she have those discussions with the other people in congress to say this is why that fails and if her stance was correct and if her stance was powerful enough why didn't she reach out to her constituents to educate them on why there was none of that. Mm. It was just, I'm voting no. I didn't know that. This is bad, okay? Vote no. I said I'd vote no. So then her no stance, but there's no effort. There's no effort to bridge any gaps in any direction. It's just this Even island. with their own party. Yeah. Okay. And, and, that's, and, and then that, and I use her as an example. She's not the only one by far, but she's my representative in Congress. So I'm using her as my example because I, as her constituent, I expect more of her and she's failed. Mm. She's failed me mm. and I don't like it. Now, you know, what are we going to do about it? Well, I'm going to look at both candidates. I have my ballot. I am digging into both candidates. I'm looking at her opponent and I'll tell you right now, I don't know which way I'm going to vote, Dave. I might vote Democrat. Interesting. See, and I won't because I think, the other guy is a 
he tries to push himself off as a moderate, and I don't think he is. Okay. I think he's got money behind him that once he gets to office, he's going to have that dummy look and he's going to vote. He's going to vote the other way. He's not going to vote with the interest of the area he serves, whether it's all blue or all red. He's just going to still stay with the party vote. And a okay. lot of them do that. Oh, a lot. A lot of them do 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 that. Now, of them. now, here's what I love about this, Dave. I. I can't tell you if I've ever voted blue, <clears throat> but I'm contemplating it now. Now here's what I believe as a, as a citizen, this is exactly the kind of conversations that we should have as citizens. Absolutely. You know, rather than me saying, hey, you know, I'm thinking about voting blue and you're like, you're a dumbass. <laughs> oh, you traitor son I, of a bitch. That's what I wanted to say. Well, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, <laughs> but okay. So, edu- well, so educate me on, on that guy. Right. And, and I know nothing. I don't know much about him. I know as much about him as I know about Lauren, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, so time to research. Yeah. Both so as, as my duty as an American, I'm going to look into him. And if, if I feel like he's a better candidate, if he's a better person to represent me, I might vote for him. I'm digging in. I don't know, but I'm asking, I'm asking everyone else to just do that see and i agree with you on that i I agree that you got to be open-minded enough to say is does this candidate really reflect reflect my values am i worried about either candidate flipping and and basically saying i'm in office see you later bitches you know what i mean and that's that's what'll happen that's what most of them do right and that's the scary part and now here's what I will say. Neither one of those two jackasses have done anything to earn my vote. <laughs> mm-hmm. They haven't reached out, haven't talked, nothing. All they want's money. Mm-hmm. So I would love that opportunity to ask them both some some questions, some very basic questions. So when do we actually get a chance to do that? When is that? Because we're talking two weeks. Right. Basically uh, is when everything goes down. And I think that's what the frustration is that's building around most critical thinking Americans, uh, people in general, I'm uh, speaking of Americans just because we're in this system. Right. So that's, I think that's the base layer of issue. We it's become all about television ads, slamming this, slamming that spreading fear. Well, if they get in, if they get in, well, stop, what are, what are you going to do? Right. And, and we've lost the ability to ask those questions because our political system is kiss the ring and move on. And, and we're down to two candidates and, and really nobody knows fuck all about either one of them. <laughs> and here we are. So that's, that's where the frustration is. And now for the first time in my life, I understand why people are like, I don't even want to vote. <laughs> Who's the independent? Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> and, and so that's my, that's my personal dilemma right now is, is looking at that. And I think that's where I'm hopeful because I know, again, me, based on my experience in history, for the first time, I'm I'm really looking at the other candidate. And who knows? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who I voted for when I vote. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, because, you know what? I just don't know. And it's coming down to the wire. Now, what I need to do, what I will try to do, is maybe reach out to each one of them. 
as just a constituent, I have 99.9% chance I'll get zero back, <laughs> which should tell us a lot. Yeah. Um, but if I do get anything back, I'll let you know, because I have some questions, specifically energy questions and specifically policy questions um, that could help uh, or at least clarify a stance. So then I would know. It would be, you know, on a side note, it would be curious to see <coughs> if the, uh, they call him Aspen Adam, right? Yeah. Um, they, uh, how he does vote on energy. Right. Because I'm telling you, our biggest way out of where we're at economically is energy for our nation. It's the easiest too. It's a no brainer. Anybody that understands economics could see that energy would fix, let's say, 60% of the problems we have right now. And and let me... Conservatively. Let me qualify energy. Not solar, not wind. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it has to be something that actually works. Mm -hmm. And it's something that is actually deliverable and something that is readily available to answer the call for the demand, which would be coal, nuclear, oil, natural gas. Mm -hmm. Those are the energy. That's the energy items that we're talking about. Absolutely. Solar Thank and you. wind are bullshit. And, and so that that's, that's a good thing. So maybe based on that comment, I would like to hear what their energy points are, because if Adam Frisch, right. Mm -hmm. If he says I'm an all of the above guy, he's an enemy. He's brainwashed. Right there. All of the above means more waste, higher energy prices, more bullshit for solar and wind, which are not doing what they need to do. All of the above is their way of saying Green New Deal, because that's a waste that doesn't work. And, and it just doesn't work. And I'm, I'm tired of that. Mm -hmm. And the same people that want to preach, Oh, follow the science and climate science, the same people that don't even can't even define a woman. They can't define <laughs> any of that shit. They really can't. They they're can't the same even pick people, a bathroom. They're the same assholes that wear two masks in their car by themselves. Fuck your science. Yeah. Your science. You don't believe in science. You believe in TV. True. That's your science. Your science is TV bullshit whatever fauci says yes that's not science that's not uh so anyway maybe maybe that's the that's the goal maybe i'll dig into that because that to me like you said every time the u.s has been in a shitty economic predicament oil and gas and coal have lifted us out every time every time they lead the way because Everything we do is tied to that cost. Everything. Mm -hmm. Everything is delivered. Everything is grown. Fun fact. Fun fact. One farmer with diesel-powered equipment does what a thousand people used to do. One to one thousand. Tell me that with the loss of fossil fuels, what is food cost going to do? If you had to employ a thousand people to do one person's job without the use of diesel powered equipment what would food diesel powered do? oh diesel. my gosh yeah diesel powered equipment we're talking tractors we're talking columbines it affects everything we're talking all that right shipping trucking everything yeah down to making medicine medication 
is made with fossil mm-hmm. fuels. Like the little plastic tubes that run IVs, the bags that hold the saline fluid that's shipped in, stored in. Is that solar powered? Man? All of that is huh. fossil fuel made. It's made by byproducts, fossil fuels. So again, pushing that energy up and up and up affects everything across your lives, which is exactly what we're living in today. Mm-hmm. So, uh, man, there, there we are. So that's, uh, I know, I know we get off on that tangent a lot, but, but folks, that that is a big, that is the single biggest driver literally and figuratively, no pun intended, uh, of, of what we're dealing with today. Yep. And that boils down to the Biden administration right now that is on the shoulders of the Biden administration. You know, they could lead the charge and get this, this whole economic system and our economic woes turned completely around within a matter of a year or two, but they will not. It's, it's not going to happen with this administration. And we live in a state where our governor basically almost ran oil and gas out of the, he's basically done that. He's run a lot of these companies out, whether it's uh, over-regulation, red tape, permitting, um, you know, the regulations have become so astronomical and they know this, they know it's over-regulated, but that's the whole point is to run them out of, run them out of the state. So let's talk a little hypocrisy about that. So here's Governor Polis, who came in and did a complete hostile takeover of the entire mm-hmm. energy sector on process, rules, regulation, permitting, you name it. And one of the biggest, loudest seats at the table is the Sierra Club. Sierra Club gets most, if not all of their funding directly from Russia. Mm-hmm. That's right. So if, if you're an anti-Putin environmentalist, boy, you're in a dilemma. <laughs> I think Russia a dictator. He's a, he's the evilest person in the world, but you're pushing his agenda. And, and if you don't believe me, look it up, go back to Dr. Fiona Hill did testimony in the Trump impeachment against Trump. And she stated that. On live television. Oops. And that money is funneled from Russia to a couple entities right to the Sierra Club. Russian money to fight American energy development. And Polis listens to them hook, line, and sinker. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I know we've probably covered this lightly in other podcasts, but uh, I noticed... It was on one of the local channels um, in the evening that basically was telling uh, everybody to prepare for a 50 percent, 50, 50 percent increase in our energy bills coming soon. Uh, I believe it's this winter, if I'm not mistaken. And why is that? Well, I'm talking to one of the guys from Excel. Basically, they have to have a certain percentage of their power. Excel has to be flopped over favoring wind and solar. How do they do that? Well, they have to completely redo their systems. All of it. Yes. And it's, and it's not a, it's, it's not a cheap fix. So they're having to reinvest 
a bunch of their time, energy, money, uh, resources, and so forth into flopping over to solar and wind. Who's paying for that, Matt? Oh, the the consumers. Exactly. Who? That's customers. Us. Oh, yes. we are. It's not the government. Here, I'll tell you exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly where that started. House Bill twelve sixty one in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I sat in those meetings when I was working energy here in Colorado. I went and sat in those meetings when they were trying to when they passed House Bill twelve sixty one. And I asked point blank. I asked, "How much is this going to cost?" And the answer was, they looked around the room. This was uh, John Putnam, CDPHE director. Uh, we don't know. Like what? <laughs> I I hope all of you just heard that. We don't know. And, and at, <clears throat> at that time, that was before this historic inflation. At that time, <clears throat> after they put that bill into place, the independent studies that went into it to figure out what it would cost consumers before the historic inflation was a 300% increase. So if your electric bills, your natural gas bills, if your energy bills, your utilities were 300 bucks a month, they go to nine. Mm -hmm. Yep. All in the narrative of green solar, um, 100% 100% renewable by 2050. Yeah, is what new they green said. deal. Yeah. And that's and and there's it's a scaling directive. So there are ladder marks coming up where they have to meet 20%, 40%, 60% and we're seeing those kick in along with historic inflation. So now your $900, so 300 from 900 is probably going to be 300 to 15, 1600, who can afford Mm -hmm. that? Mm -mm. And we're, we're just barely getting into that iceberg. Yeah. Barely hide and watch. Yeah. And, and there's a vote coming up here pretty soon. We have an opportunity to get rid of polis. Uh, again, I'm just asking, look into the candidates, um, from an energy standpoint and being a 20 year energy expert i'll say that yeah you are um jared polis hands down has destroyed colorado energy destroyed it in the name of sierra club and environmental groups that take money from outside the united states mainly russia Mm -hmm. and I don't know why. I'll ask him why. Doesn't matter. It's happened. Well, it, you know, if you, um, you know, the old saying is Colorado's following California. So as California is, so will Colorado. Right, and vice versa. So, you know, if folks, if folks here in Colorado want to really look and see what's happening, look at California and see the same thing happen to your state. I have a friend that actually is working in the capital right now of Colorado. He looks down, he's, he basically reads, um, screens for, uh, kind of the, one of the major, uh, industry, I'm sorry, energy companies here. And he says he looks down from his office, uh, from the main area over there, 16th street ish, that 
And he says you would be stunned on the amount of homeless and crime and emergency lights going off from his office. He says it's stunning and it's very, it's very <clears throat> hard for him to make it to his car. They have to be really careful because of all the crime that's happening right there. And that's the same thing with California. I have a buddy that was uh, in California doing a trade show. And he said it was, he was stunned on how much reality that he saw under these bridges, tent cities, mobile homes, burnout line after line after line tents. It's, it's real folks. This is real stuff and it's coming. Well, and to it's, our nation and it, it could be us, right? Like, where will we be when you're faced with paying a $1,500 utility bill or eating? This has got to stop. It's, it's insanity to me. It is, it's insanity. And, mm -hmm. and again, so long as we are focused on fighting about this bullshit, red, blue, you know, racism, nonsense, uh, whatever the, the shiny object is in the room that we're faced, we're, we're chasing and we're voting for the same people to do the same stuff to us. Like this is the path we're on. And there, there are so many ways out of it. Uh, it just takes conversation and it just takes people having these conversations and, and actually digging into the facts. Uh, and a lot of us, um, at times, what you're going to learn is you were lied to plain and simple lied to about such simple things. And it's all in the name of equality and it's in the name of climate change, climate science. Mm -hmm. And, and where are the facts? You know, it's uh you're looking at a pig with a lot of makeup on it, a lot of lipstick, a lot of earrings and doodaddies and jewelry and all that kind of stuff. But guess what, folks? That pig someday is not going to have all that on, and you're going to be able to see that pig for what it is. It's a pig, and it's not reality. So Matt's right. We are being lied to. Uh, we are being, being deceived. We are being caught up in fighting against each other instead of actually getting up, going to our representatives, our politicians, our leaders, talking in the community, your brothers, your neighbors, uh, your family, and actually saying, you know what, we, we really need to make a change here. This has got to stop because we're being taken advantage of. And ironically enough, the Joe Bidens that are out eating ice cream and the Nancy Pelosi's that are out eating ice cream and the folks that don't give two shits about the cost of a gallon of gas or a gallon of milk are all the ones that can vote to raise your taxes to give themselves a pay raise. They don't give a damn how much it costs us because their paycheck goes up. I don't work for you, man. Yeah. Remember exactly. that line? Exactly. It's crazy, folks. So that's the political environment we're in. And I, and I, again, I think it's, 
I think that's where the alignment across the entire planet can come in because we're all fighting the same. We're all seeing and potentially fighting the same things. It's this global agenda <clears throat> that's being pushed. Definitely is. Yes. Globalization is. and one world order. It is. And it's, it's this idea that the government knows best. And, and I, I can understand that concept if the government actually was representatives of, <clears throat> of the people, if, if they were people that again, had to be productive members of society, then maybe the government would know what's going on. But these are career ring kissing sons of bitches that, that don't know what it takes to raise a family. They right. have, they have nannies we'll and they have meager yeah, means. custodians and people that come in and wipe their ass for them essentially. And here we are fighting over the crumbs and we're, they're trying to get us to fight each other mm -hmm. over the crumbs. That's where we have to do better. That's where we can do better. Yep, it's time to stand up, make your vote count, get the facts, pick the right people. Even though people are people and they're going to let us down. But <laughs> it's sometimes you have to kind of pick the pick the best poison, I suppose. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's, you know, it just just at least know what poison you're taking. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that being said, it's, uh, you know, I, man. We, we seem to <laughs> I feel bad, man. We seem to go down that rabbit hole a lot, but it's it's just hard, guys. Well, you're looking at people that are the same like-minded thinking that are saying this is not sustainable. We cannot continue to live like this. Something's going to have to happen. You know, it could, I'm, I'm not suggesting this, but it could even amount to a civil war where we have to stand up and say enough bullshit. It's time for a change. You know, like the like people that were objecting against the AOCs. I keep going back to that, but I see that picture in a bigger view to our government. We ha we cannot do this any longer, and it's time to stand up and and raise our voices because it's affecting your kids, your grandkids, the future generations. If we don't stand up now, when will we? Absolutely, because there may come a time where we're powerless to do so. Our voices won't be heard. Um, we won't be allowed to speak on the things in freedom. And that's coming That's coming to an end at some point if we're not careful because, you know, you're talking about the, the Hannity's, um, Tucker Carlson, Beck's, all these kind of people. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, who's, in, who's the other one that's on usually at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Anyway, Mark... Mark Levine. Anyway, I got a, uh, I got a big, I got a big blank, <laughs> buddy. It, I'm I sorry, I, I'm, draw, I'm drawing it too. But <laughs> anyway, these guys, their voices will be will be silenced if we're not careful. They'll start shutting down people that are opposing them, and that's already in place. Taking away your rights, my rights, we won't be able to talk about this. It's time to stand up. Agreed, and I I love. I love the folks that show up at those meetings and speak their mind. Uh, we need more of that. You know, again, there is a very, very amicable way to go about this. And it starts by speaking your mind. Conversation between friends, agreeing to disagree at times, but 
it's uh, time to stand up. Yep. Absolutely. No better time than now. All right, folks. Well, Davo. I'm down to my last nub on this cigar. It's about ready to burn my fingers. That means it's time to go. There you go. All that being said, American Dudoxy. Thanks for listening. Peace out. <laughs>